You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three. This is Afternoons with Staffies with Stephen in the big chair. That's the mindset of Phoenix fans right now. They are freaking out because they are either going to make the playoffs this weekend or not make the playoffs after suffering their fifth loss in a row, this time uh, to the Western Sydney Wanderers going down four zip in the first time they've been held scoreless all season. What is going on? Well, Ufuk Tele is not, not a happy man. First half, uh, we didn't deal with a few balls over the top. Uh, defensively, uh, I think today was a good lesson for our team. To be honest, I thought it was uh, more of a game where it was men v boys, and that's what it looked like from the sideline. We didn't win uh, any of the second balls that dropped into into midfield at times. Uh, we didn't defend the space well. We didn't defend one v one well, uh, and conceded a very sloppy or easy goal again uh, early doors, which made it obviously a lot more difficult. Uh, we have to play a little more. Not the pass mark from Phoenix coach Ufuk Tello. David Choate, part of our SENZ commentary team, joins us right now. Uh, this is a simple question for me. What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's all gone wrong. They're headed to the big dance. Uh, I don't think they're looking like making even the dance floor at this stage. They are sadly out of form. Their form line is the worst in the A-League over the last five weeks, and it's all about conceding goals and what they do when they're out of possession. Defensively, they've just been awful. Um, it is really a bit of a mystery. They've run out of form at the wrong time. But where does the fault lie in this? You can't look like you're a contender and then suddenly go pop. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot to sort of think about. These losses have coincided with uh, a series of announcements of the club with players of contract heading to their new uh, settings, a coach being uh, replaced sort of with four or five weeks to go in terms of announcements. I just wonder if some of them have got their eye off the ball. I just... Uh, can't fathom because there are signs in this Phoenix side that when they have the ball and when they start playing, they look as good as anyone. But out of position, they just are so ordinary. They just give up uh, possession so easily, and the defending is uh, wafer thin, soft is the word. Well, can we can we throw can we and one of those announcements cause of Ufuk Tele leaving the club? But that was a little bit later in the piece. Do you think that's unsettled them, or let's be blunt and throw out the cliche: Has he lost the dressing room? Well, it hasn't helped, has it? Uh, they were in a bad slump when that was announced, and it was after the player announcement, so I don't think you can put those two things together. But you'd have to say that, um, for me, particularly in the last outing, they looked like a side that had lost sort of a little bit of belief and a little bit of will. I did speak to one or two of the players two weeks ago. I ran into them in a social setting, and they had had a bit of a one of those sort of come-to-Jesus meetings where they said, come on, fellas, we've got six weeks to go. Yeah. And it was uh, it was pretty full and frank, and they did think they were letting themselves down. So I'd say Talley is well-respected and well-liked, and he's typically done very well. But at the moment, they're a bit of a rabble. I, I, I would have thought that Talley could have taken them all the way. Do you think he's disappointed in the way 
he's gone himself. That's why he's moving on because he he feels he can't get any more out of this team. No, I think I think he genuinely is an ambitious coach who wants to move on to bigger and brighter things. Wouldn't be surprised to see that happen uh, in his coaching sort of future. I think he'll be extremely disappointed with the way the players have showed up because, as I said, in every game, barring the last one, they had these little 20-minute spells where they showed they can play. Um, so it's not a lack of ability or a lack of personnel. It's something in the uh, in, inside that team that has really gone awry. When you look at their last five games, four losses and a draw, a single point against Brisbane, um, they have done their best to get out of the, four, uh, out of the top six. Uh, a few weeks ago, they were sort of a lock-in. Now they're down to the last game next week against MacArthur, and it'll be a a match they have to get something out of. Well, I, I, look, I just quickly looked at the A League ladder. They're sort of they're, they're at minus seven, but below them are the Perth Glory at minus nine on goal difference. So there's a tiny cushion there because the goal difference of the other teams further down is much much higher. So do you feel they can sneak in? But that'll be about it. One round of the playoffs and done. You wouldn't back them to go too deep if they do get in. Just look out for Brisbane Raw. They play tonight against Sydney. They're 27 points, so they look out of it, but they've got a game to play. That puts them to 30. Right. Okay. And they've got a better they've got a better goal difference. So Brisbane Raw would still back themselves to get a couple of results and leapfrog them. But Perth, Newcastle, and Western United sit behind them on 29 points. If the Phoenix don't get anything out of Macarthur, they will get leapfrog. One of those sides will get some points, and that'll be that. But uh, if they limp into the final, and they are limping at the moment, uh, you can't see them going very deep, given that they're going to have to play one of those sides. That's it, well above them on the table. David, there is a thinking that the Phoenix are a club that just can't keep its talent. You know, you talked about announcements, and I mean, losing Oli Sal, that's, that's, that's not, that'll knock them for a, a row of you-know-what-cans. And then I'm, I'm hearing Clayton Lewis is gone. I mean, have you heard that? Yep. Yep, Lewis is on his way to uh, Aussie by all accounts. But I haven't heard. I haven't heard it officially. I, I know he's going. I'm, I'm hearing Macarthur. But why? Why have the club not announced this? Yeah, well, I suppose until the deal's done, it's not done. But I uh, suspect that everyone knows where he's headed. He's on his way. Uh, is Clayton Lewis along with uh, uh, Ollie Sale, as you say? And that move seems odd to me. Um, going to Perth Glory, hardly going to sort of step up by going to Perth. Perth sit below the Wellington Phoenix. You've got to think that that's an Money. interim move as he heads. Yeah, yeah. I, I even suggest that it might be a pretty quick turnaround at Perth. He might be oh. headed further afield. That's the feeling of some that he's got a bit more in him. So it might be a, uh, a stepping stone to further afield. One would wonder with yeah, the Phoenix um, having a hold on him. Do, do you have concerns? Do, do you have concerns over the ability of the club to retain good talent? Always. It's this challenge of being the uh, the New Zealand side in the A-League. You're not the glamour outfit. So anyone who goes good generally gets picked up. They've done pretty well with their, their recruitment from uh, foreign shores. So they tend to lock them down for a couple of years. But for the local players or for any Australian players, it's typically a one-year gig. And at the end of that uh, year, if you've gone good, uh, those other clubs come knocking. It is the nature of the A-League. There is always plenty of turnover at the end of the season. But it certainly doesn't help Wellington being sort of the uh, the outlier from across the Tasman. So I, I'm going to take this a step further. Do you think that's a culture thing from the top? Well, yeah, it, it's got to be. And it's it's a very, very hard thing to uh, get your head around. The Australian players who come here are probably come here on a on a bit of a uh, an odyssey that they're not sure what their future looks like. They're either uh, here 
to resurrect their career or their son is setting on their career. So that's the challenge for the Australian players. The foreign players, I think, come here with uh, real intent to try and sort of ignite their career. So Varda, for example, had been a journeyman through Europe and not able to score goals. Well, he's come here and scored a lot of goals. They have got him secured for two years. And uh, after that two years, you'll struggle to hold him. That'll be the reality of the situation. It's not a big money move coming to Wellington, so you've got to come for a for another reason, if you like. The likes of David Ball and before him, Chris Greenacre and Paul Eiffel came out of the UK and they were lifestyle and moves. I think that's where the uh, club has to head, looking for that kind of player who's coming to settle. But you're right, the culture of the club is sort of almost transitory. Players come and they go pretty quickly. Do you, do you think management is just a little too, well, for want of a better word, soft, and maybe needs to be a little bit harder in, in how they do contract negotiations so they can build? I mean, it's all about building because you want it to be aspirational for young footy players in the Wellington region and around the rest of the country. Yeah, exactly that. I think for the local players, there is a good pathway, and if you think about the players that have come through, and I think Ben Wayne's the most graphic example of late who came through the club was there for a few years, um, got himself a start, made a name for himself, and now he's off at Plymouth fighting for uh, promotion to that championship. I think that's a great model for New Zealand players. I think the New Zealand players can get through the system and get themselves off and away. Think about Costa Barbarossa's before that. He had a bit of a journey. Marco Rojas. There's been plenty of players coming through the system of local talent. I think their contract, and they've got to look beyond maybe these one-year deals, get a two- and three-year contract in place, where maybe they can uh, build some continuity. But each season, it looks to me like you're always up for signing six or seven players, and it's pretty hard to build a side that can compete. Although I've got to say, this year's it's weird for me because they looked good mid-season. Yes, they, they looked did. like a side that were building. They were building, but, but unfortunately, the wheels have come off big time for them. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't give fans a chance to get excited, does it? Giancarlo Italiano, probably one of the best names you'll ever hear. Giancarlo Italiano is the new coach. Is he going to make a difference? It's perfect, isn't it? They call him cheapy, so he's a bit of a chief. He's a, he's a big character of a man, and he's a, a real student of the game, they tell me. Understudied to Tale uh, and has learnt all he can about the, the art of coach from Tale. This is a move that sort of shows some sort of... Um, loyalty to the system so they've brought him through the system not a big name signing so it'll be interesting to see he's going to have to get his recruitment right because that's half the job in coaching particularly the wellington phoenix but in the a-league is your player recruitment Uh, it's uh, key to them he'll need to pick up five or six decent players i imagine his connections back into australia and young australian players would be pretty good and again if I run you through a few players who have gone good out here, the likes of Cameron Devlin springs to mind. He was great for us for a couple of seasons. Fiskipo was good. Um, we have been able to get some talented youngsters this year. Ugarkovic hasn't done too bad for us. So getting those young Australian players into a New Zealand for a season or two is going to be the job for Giancarlo Italiano. Do you think the quality of the A-League is up to scratch when it was right back, go right back to the beginning when they had marquee signings and it was blade, everybody's going, you've got to watch the A-League and you had, you know, former EPL players, Valiga players, you know, all that sort of stuff come out as a marquee recruit. Do you think it's lost some of its gloss? I think, I think there's sort of a tale of two halves really, or not even halves. If you look at the top four, they are quality outfits. The top four of the A-League at the moment, Melbourne City, Adelaide, Central Coast and Western Sydney, 
look almost head and shoulders better than the rest, and they have a roster to suit. There are still some pretty good players knocking around those of mm. Premier League capability, um, or, or histories and, and, and histories in good leagues around the world. But it does appear that the next sort of eight sides have really floundered. Sydney FC are a bit of a conundrum. They've sort of been a little bit like the Phoenix, a bit out of sorts. They're typically a glamour outfit who, who pick up glamour players. Um, but you've got to think that the extension to the league when they went to 12 has diluted the talent a bit more and diluted the pool of players. Um, yeah, I think it is in a bit of a rebuild with the top four. The better are getting better. And the yeah. well, those lesser sides have really sort of parked themselves with I can't see any new clubs wanting to pay a twenty million entrance fee either. I mean, that's why Auckland City pulled the pin. Twenty million, no way, no way. And then they've got yeah. rock, they've got rocks in their head. The A League, if they think it's a franchise is worth that much. Yeah, I don't think they're going to um, excite anyone on this side. Of this. I think it'd be great if it could happen because I could imagine a Wellington Auckland being a local derby, and that could create some interest in and of itself. But yeah, I think there's uh, a little bit of work to be done to get uh, that kind of money and from from the business community into this game as it stands at the moment. But uh, they're ambitious, the A-League people. They they won't give up. And you know Aussies, they're headstrong. Well, you just have to look at the Australian NBL and the guy that came in and basically said, right, this is how we're going to do it. Now look how strong the Australian Basketball League is, of which the breakers are involved as well. The one rumour that is no longer a rumour <laughs> is this uh, OFC Champions League, Professional Champions League 10-team uh, comp. What are you hearing about that? I'm hearing that's 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 going to happen and that uh, Auckland City are definitely going to be a part of it. What do you know? No, no, no more than you, Stephen, exactly that. Uh, Auckland City, for me, uh, have been the benchmark in uh, domestic football, if you like, and they do seem to have that infrastructure and that quality. Mm. They've been away to uh, club championships and performed well on a global stage. There's more in Auckland City than is... Uh, being offered to them in terms of the standard of football they get to play. Local football into the National League and then uh, the Champions League spots for Oceania is sort of all they get at the moment. And I think they've got more about them than that. It'd be exciting though, wouldn't it? I mean, it'll be uh, basically, you know, it, let's, for want of a better explanation, it'll be Auckland City against the Islands. Yeah, and look, Island football is really quite... Um, appealing. Um, they are under-resourced, but they are extremely talented athletes, and we've seen upsets coming out of the islands against the, the big New Zealand clubs, and even our international side can get rolled by the likes of Fiji on occasion. Um, it is it is a, uh, a mouth-watering proposition. I think even from FIFA's perspective, they'd look at the island and say an area of development for the game and the underdeveloped part of the footballing world and, uh, yeah, it would have to be a, an exciting proposition. Well, FIFA would be underwriting it. Let's, let's be blunt about that, wouldn't they? If they were going to have it and want to grow the game, they'd be just saying, well, how much cash do you need to do this, right? And there's no shortage of cash when it comes to <laughs> FIFA. So if they invest down here, um, it would be a real uh, windfall, particularly for those island nations. Um, they love their football in the islands, but it is really sort of almost third world in terms of their own domestic competitions. If they could get themselves access to to good standards of football, who knows where they could go. There's a guy playing Brian Caltech in this A-League. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's a fabulous player, almost player of the season for Central Coast. He knocked around New Zealand for a, a good few years after him coming out of the islands. Um, there are good players in the islands, and they could be developed quite nicely. David, I'm, I'm not wishing to be negative on the back of the, of the Phoenix sort of struggling at the back end of the season, but the, where do you see the health of football at the moment? Is it in a good state? Well, basketball is certainly making great strides, huge strides in secondary school sport. Are you concerned for 
the future of t- developing talent? Yeah, I feel like the game has just gone off the boil a little bit. I think uh, in the uh, in the domestic game, I, I'm not sure the move away from what was, I thought, a franchise National League, which seemed to be going mm. the right way, producing some good players, back to that domestic competition. That doesn't seem to be a progressive move. For me, it leaves uh, two rounds of local football being played and then one round of better football being played. That's the wrong way around for me. I would have thought you want to get these sides around the country and playing from a domestic point of view. Uh, the A-League and the Wellington Phoenix seem to have just gone off the boil uh, this season. It does seem to be going a bit flat. So I think there are warning signs of plenty. And, and as you say, uh, you snooze, you lose, um, because there are other codes who are busy investing in their game. And I think New Zealand football would be wise to take a look around and just uh, look at what they can do to reinvigorate the game domestically. Yeah, see, I've always, I've always thought it needs to be led from the top. And that and someone needs to go into New Zealand football and say, right, you need to say this is how we're going to run it. Anybody's just going to go, right, for the betterment of the game, forget about your petty rivalries and your, your provincial rivalry, ri- problems, just follow this and let's do this. I've always felt that that's, that's never happened. Yeah, the energy coming out of the uh, officialdom has never really been as it should be. Some codes are uh, very fortunate. They're well served by their, their officials. But uh, football always seems to be almost understated and mediocre. Uh, it does need to get its sort of act together. There's a huge uh, women's tournament coming this way here yeah. in a few months' time. That will be massive. And it will be massive not only for the women's game, for the game of football. You would hope that there would be people getting very excited in New Zealand football about trying to surf that wave a bit uh, and build some more momentum for the code along with the women's game because it's going to be massive. Mate, that's the, way we, that's the way we should end this discussion, on a positive. Chody, thanks so much. And uh, do, do, they, do they make the six? Do they make the six, the Phoenix? Yeah, I think they trip their way into it, but they won't <laughs> last long. How's that? <laughs> I love the bluntness. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. What's left of it? Yeah, I love talking football. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, man. It's uh, 3.21. That's David Choate, SNZ football commentator on the chance of the Phoenix. One round and you're done. <laughs>